Good afternoon. It is Friday. Now, this is going to be our last Lunch and Learn of 2022. I've got tons of things on my calendar between now and the end of the year, and so I'm just not going to be able to do it justice. And we just want to give you the heads up on that, but today we're going to talk about diabetes. Now, diabetes is one of the fastest growing diseases here in the United States, at type 2 particularly. And so I found this article and, you know, I see and hear from people all the time about diabetes because guess what? It's just on the rise. And I belong to a Facebook group that is all about diabetes as well. And there is just a lot of misinformation out there. There is information that is just totally downright wrong. And then there's information that is inadequate. And so what we want to do is to give you the heads up on good nutritional information that is affordable for everyone. I don't know if you have a diabetic in your family, but the cost of the diabetic medication is just astronomical. The uh, testing strips and all that kind of thing are very expensive as well. If you are a diabetic, you cannot eat processed foods because processed foods have just a whole lot of additives in it that's going to spike your blood sugar. Not that anybody should be eating processed foods. Nobody should. We don't believe anybody should do that. However, they are what is uh, affordable for most people. And it is a shame that in our country, good fresh food is very, very expensive, whereas processed foods with a lot of um, additives in them are very, very cheap and available to everyone. So what we want to look at is some some things that affect blood sugar and how you can tell if you have blood sugar issues. Now, I'm surprised at all of the people that come in and they say that they do not have any blood work. Now, do I think you need blood work all the time, like every five minutes? No. If you are healthy, I think that you can do blood work annually or even every other year, okay? If you have a sickness or a disease, if you're on medication, then I want you to be doing blood work at least annually, if not every six months, depending on what's going on with you. If you are diabetic, if you are pre-diabetic, you can usually reverse this with diet. However, you have to be very, very disciplined. And who wants to be disciplined? Especially here we are at Christmas time and I'm talking about being disciplined in your eating. However, we want to be healthy. Um, in the United States, we, most of us, if we're not educated, if we're not aware, we eat the standard American diet, SAD. It is the SAD diet. Why is that? Because it has a lot of processed foods in it. It has a lot of low-calorie density foods. And it has a lot of the things that make us more uh, heavy and we know that if we're heavy, we're going to be two times more likely to be diabetic. So that's just kind of how it works. When you do your blood work, when you're looking at your numbers, you want your glucose to be under 99. Now, they're going to tell you they really want you to be under 80. Some people, that is just a little bit too low, in my opinion. You are pre-diabetic if your blood sugar gets up to 140, all right? And so if you are over 120 on your glucose, I think they're going to start wanting to put you on diabetes medication. That's, that's how it usually works. The other number 
on your blood work is your A1C. Now your A1C is how you manage your glucose over a 90-day period. So they want your uh, A1C to be under 5.7. I think you're pre-diabetic if it goes up to 6.3 and then over that you're diabetic. So you, there's a lot of wiggle room in here. And so I want to talk to you today about what you can do holistically to get your blood sugar stabilized so that you're not one of the statistics and you're not having to spend you know, big dollars on testing and uh, so, uh, medications and all that kind of stuff. Now, there, uh, anybody can do this. You can Google low glycemic index foods, all right? Go ahead and do that, and that is the list of foods that you primarily want to eat from. If you are in the high glycemic index, that means that those foods turn to sugar more readily and so you're going to have more of a spiking of your blood sugar which is not good for anybody. If you are diabetic, if you are pre-diabetic, what we want you to do is we want you to eat many, many, tiny, M-I-N-I, -I, small meals throughout the day, like four or five small meals throughout the day with a lot of protein. Why is that? Because protein keeps your blood sugar stable, and when you have stable uh, protein in your diet, then you're not going to have those spikes. A lot of times, a uh, diabetic will come in, and I'll ask them what they eat first thing in the morning, and they say they eat cinnamon rolls, or they'll eat toast and peanut butter, or they'll eat a waffle, or they'll eat uh, a pancake. Well, all of that is high glycemic. Why? Because anything made with flour turns to uh, sugar in the body. So if you are diabetic or pre-diabetic, you should not have a lot of pasta or bread in your diet. So for you, if you are pre-diabetic or diabetic and you're getting up in the morning and you're eating something made out of wheat, then what you're doing is you're spiking that blood sugar and you're going to go out throughout the day, up and down, up and down, up and down, very, very uh, unstable blood sugar. If you have eggs and, uh, you know, chicken sausage, turkey sausage, whatever, we don't do pork in our family, we just don't. Uh, there's all kinds of other alternatives, but you do want to have primarily protein first in the morning because that keeps your blood sugar stable. So if you have blood sugar issues, and we all make jokes about people being hangry, right? They're so hungry that they're angry, hangry. If your blood sugar is not stable, that can lead to very low energy levels, mood swings, overweight, uh, overall performance that is just not good, a lot of brain fog, uh, and just, just grumpiness, okay? So we don't want that. Nobody wants to do that. As I said, the information out there can be overwhelming. It can be wrong. It can be inadequate. I had a lady come in to see me last week, and she said that she went to her doctor, and she wanted her doctor to give her a food plan so that she could eat healthy so she could get her blood work in line. And the doctor told her, I don't have time to do that. And I thought, oh, wow. You know, there's readily available good menus and that kind of thing that you can you can Google. You can do all those kind of things and get that. But, you know, for your doctor to tell you you didn't have time to do that, I said, how did that make you feel? She said, it made me feel like I was unimportant. My doctor didn't really care about me. All he wanted to do was give me a medication. It's like, yeah, well, I'm sorry about that. But guess what? I've got a food plan for you, and we can get you on the right track. And that's exactly what we did. 
multiple studies have been shown that there are simple, safe, and inexpensive herbs and spices that will help keep your blood sugar balanced. We all need to maintain blood sugar levels and blood level glucose between 70 milligrams per deciliter and 140 milligrams per deciliter. As I said, they want you to be under 99. The pancreas produces hormones that regulate blood sugar so the brain and the body receive the right amount of glucose to perform properly. Now, I don't know if you know this, but they call uh, dementia, they call that the third uh, type 3 diabetes. Why is that? Because your brain runs on glucose, and as you get older, the receptors in the brain just don't respond to glucose anymore. That's why they do respond, those receptors, they do respond to coconut oil. And so if you have someone in your family who has that dementia, if you give them coconut oil three or four tablespoons a day, you will see in a couple of weeks that they're going to do just a little bit better, all right? So if you have blood sugar imbalance, you can have headaches, you can have blurred vision, you can have weakness, fatigue, irritability, and brain fog. If you have uh, hyperglycemia, right, you can have increased thirst and uh, urination. So if you're going to the potty all the time, then that might be something that you need to look at and get your blood work done. Don't just get your glucose. Get your glucose over the 90 days. Get your A1C because that's important. Also, look at what your insulin numbers are because a lot of us are insulin resistant. What is that? That means that's what the pancreas produces, insulin metabolizes your blood sugar. If we're insulin deficient because of what we've been eating, all the processed food we've been eating, then we don't have enough or our body's not using insulin in the correct way. Now, we can change that by changing the way we're eating, okay? So that's not just a big deal. But on your blood work, holistically, we want your insulin to be under five. Now, I have seen it in the double digits, and they have not been diabetic. However, they have been heavy. So if you have a problem with weight, it's hard for you to lose weight, you may be insulin resistant. All right, so I'm gonna tell you five different ways that you can manage your blood sugar that everybody can afford, okay? Everybody can do that. One is to stay hydrated. What does that mean? That means you need to be drinking half your body weight in ounces. So if I weigh 100 pounds, that means I would need to drink 50 ounces of water a day. Now, if you drink soda, if you drink alcohol, if you drink uh, caffeine, then you're going to have to overcompensate for that because all three of those are diuretics. They dehydrate you. Soda, alcohol, caffeine. So... I drink a cup of coffee in the morning. I enjoy it. I enjoy the warmth in my hand. I enjoy the smell. I enjoy all those kind of things. Used to, back in the day, before I knew about holistic, I would drink a cup of coffee, like, all the time. I'd have a cup of coffee on my desk. I'd have a warmer on my desk so it stayed nice and hot. And I would just drink coffee all throughout the day because I love the way coffee tastes. So you might be like me in that. When you know that coffee and soda and alcohol are diuretics, and you can make better choices, right? So if you drink a soda, for example, and I do from time to time, I don't every day, but from time to time I will, I know that I need to drink eight eight-ounce glasses of water in order to neutralize the acid in a soda. So if I'm going to drink a soda, I'm prepared because I'm educated that I know that I have to do that with the water. So many people come in and they might be, 
I don't know, 150 pounds, 200 pounds, and they don't drink not even one glass of water a day. So they're very, very dehydrated. They say that they don't feel it, and that might be true. You don't feel it. But however, your, your cells are not getting washed because your lymphatic fluid is thick. Your uh, blood is thick. That might be why you've got some high blood pressure and some other issues, some swelling, glandular swelling, and that kind of thing. So we want you to be hydrated. If you're hydrated, you're going to metabolize your sugar better. You want to have a good sleep cycle. Now, I'm going to tell you something funny. We have sleep number bed. How many of you have a sleep number bed? I do. I enjoy my sleep number bed. Now, I adjusted because I felt like my bed was just a little bit too hard, so I adjusted it last night, and I went from, I think, a 55 down to a 50. Not a big adjustment. So this morning, when I checked my app, it said that my sleep number was a 12, now, we want it to be close to 100, right? And if you have a sleep number bed, you know that it gives you, you've got a little bar on your app, and it shows you this is when you went to sleep, this is when you got up to potty, this is when you got up for the day, and this all of these metrics, your blood pressure, your uh, pulse rate, your breathing, all that goes in to determine your sleep score. Well, on my app today, my bar, which is supposed to be green, was totally red. The app said that I got up 13 times in the night. I did not get up not one time. So the app says I did not sleep well, but I woke up very refreshed and I thought that I'd had a good sleep. So you have to kind of monitor what you're doing and how you're feeling and that kind of thing. But if you have really good sleep, that's going to help you manage your blood sugar. Managing stress. When you are stressed, you're going to eat bad things. You're going to eat things that are comfort foods. All the comfort foods that I know of are bad foods if we've got a sugar problem. So we need to manage the stress. We need to be physically active. Why is that? Because when we are moving our body, we're moving the blood. When we're moving the blood, we're distributing the sugar the way it is supposed to be, the glucose in the blood. And so we're going to maintain better numbers. And then the, the last thing is to maintain healthy weight. And y'all are going, oh, Dr. Polly, we know all that. We want something that's practical. So I'm going to get there with the practicality because we're going to learn some herbs that you can use that you can put on your food that are going to make a big, big difference. All right. Lifestyle, activity, and diet play the biggest role in whether you're going to be a diabetic or not. Even the little things that you do, okay, can make a big, big difference when you change your diet. So one of the herbs I want to talk about is cinnamon. Now, I'm just going to be real honest. My favorite way to eat cinnamon is on a cinnamon roll, right? Not good for diabetics, right? And I have not had a cinnamon roll in ages. Why is that? Because I know that I am slightly gluten intolerant. And the more wheat products I eat, the heavier I am. And so I really limit the amount of breads and pastas and that kind of thing that I eat just for that reason. But I'm just telling you, cinnamon is not my favorite flavor unless it's on a nice sticky bun. Okay, that is my favorite. However, there have been quite a few studies done on cinnamon. You don't need a whole lot of it, and cinnamon will absolutely bring your blood sugar into line, all right? It has been used medicinally for thousands of years, 
and is known in some circles as the healthiest spice that you can have. Over the past 20 years or so, research into this bioactive compounds and their effects on blood sugar levels have been demonstrated to have several anti-diabetic properties. Cinnamon has phytochemical compounds that have anti-inflammatory properties. The polyphenols in cinnamon have been shown to have antioxidant activity. What does that mean? Polyphenols are the molecules, they're scent molecules, you can smell them, okay, because we know that cinnamon is very aromatic. We know that at Christmas time, cinnamon is a scent that we associate with the season, so you should have a lot of cinnamon going on in your area because we are in the holiday season. Cinnamon has that, that polyphenols that your body takes in turns it into antioxidant. The antioxidant is a disease, um, it goes after diseases and imbalances in the body, and it also goes into uh, making your immune system better, and it also has a lot of anti-aging properties. This is why we brought this little scanner into the clinic. Why? Because you can come in, you can wrap your hand right around that nozzle. Under that nozzle is a blue laser. You can wrap your hand around that and we can tell you in 30 seconds what your uh, antioxidant level is in your body and whether you've got enough to go around. So it's really, really important and cinnamon increases that and improves that. All right. Cinnamon has been shown the ability to regulate glucose metabolism in tissues and it mimics the effects of insulin. So if your pancreas is not producing insulin and you add cinnamon to your diet, then you're going to have the same effect on your body as if your insulin was being produced and utilized correctly. There were 16 randomized controlled studies and it showed that cinnamon significantly reduced fasting, blood glucose, and insulin resistant. 16 randomized peer-reviewed study. That's a lot. With cinnamon, as I told you, that's not my favorite spice unless, okay, you don't need to have a lot of cinnamon. So if you think cinnamon is a little overpowering, and I think that it is, a little bit goes a long way. A pinch here and there, a pinch, a pinch here and there, not a teaspoon, not a half a teaspoon, just a pinch here and there throughout the day is enough to stabilize your blood sugar. Cinnamon supplements are available and the studies have shown long-lasting effects of cinnamon up to 12 hours. So that's pretty impressive. Including cinnamon in your morning routine can help keep your blood sugar low levels stable throughout the day. A simple pinch in your morning tea or coffee, a sprinkle on toast, cereal or oatmeal, or a dash in breakfast smoothie is often enough. Now, I'm just going to tell you, I don't want, if you, if you come to see me and you're diabetic, I don't want you doing any of those things in the breakfast, okay? I want you to do protein in the breakfast. If you do a pinch of cinnamon in your tea or your coffee, I'm good with that. If you drink a smoothie in the morning, you put a pinch of cinnamon in your smoothie, I'm good with that. I don't want you doing the toast or the cinnamon bun or cereal. Cereal, no, I don't want you doing that. Why? Because grains turn to sugar and sugar spikes your uh, glucose. We don't want that. A small amount in the evening will also help to balance your blood sugars overnight. Now, there is a phenomenon called uh, the dawn phenomenon where people go to bed and their blood sugar is in a good range and they wake up and 
their blood sugar is all over the place. So if you put just a pinch, and a pinch is a pinch, it's not very, it's not very much at all. If you put a pinch of that in an evening drink or on some fruit, um, it will make the fruit taste warm, but it will also keep your blood glucose levels stable throughout the night. Now, there's a caveat here. We want you to avoid taking too much cinnamon. Too much has the reverse effect on your bl uh, blood glucose level. So we don't want you to do too much. A pinch, all right? So avoid taking more than a teaspoon of cinnamon daily as high doses can have a negative effect. Now, if you're taking cassia cinnamon, or if you have cassia cinnamon in a essential oil, it can act like a blood thinner. So if you are one of those people that has to have blood thinners, then you may want to make sure you're not taking that specific type of cinnamon because it can further thin your blood. So be sure and ask your doctor if you are on blood thinners, okay? The next uh, herb I want to talk to you about is ginger. Now again, ginger is not one of my favorite spices. I find it very hot, although I do like it in small doses. Ginger will help metabolize your blood sugar. Historically, it has been used as an herbal medicine for uh, vertigo, nausea, uh, and vomiting. It aids digestion and constipation. It also is anti-cancer, anti-clotting, antioxidant, and anti-inflammatory. So again, if you're on blood thinners, you don't want to take too much ginger because it does have anti-clotting effects, and we don't want you to thin your blood too much. All right. Ginger possesses anti-diabetic activity as well. The constituents of ginger are bioactive phytochemicals. All right. You've got uh, sequesterpines in there. Now, sequesterpines are what gives the ginger that volatile smell. Okay. If you have ginger oil, ginger essential oil, it's the sequesterpines. Sequesterpines do cross the blood-brain barrier. Just throwing that out there, all right? So ginger is very, very good. It has uh, some anti-diabetic um, properties as well. A study in 2015 showed a significant reduction in fasting blood sugar and hemoglobin A1C as well as other lipid proteins. So that's awesome. Participants received just two grams per day of ginger powder supplement, which is less than half of a teaspoon. With the improvement of fasting blood sugars and hemoglobin A1C, the study found that oral administration of ginger powder supplements has a role in alleviating the risk of chronic complications from diabetes. That's amazing. What are the complications from diabetes? Well, you can go blind. You can go blind. You can have your extremities, your toes, uh, they can get numb because the, the uh, blood sugar, the elevated blood sugar does something to the nerves in your body. And so you're, you've got uh, numbness in areas, you've got neuropathy in areas, and then uh, you've got all those kind of things. So we want you to know that if you have diabetes, if you're pre-diabetic and you add ginger to your uh, routine, and ginger's cheap. You can buy ginger at the grocery store. You can get it from a health food store. You can get it from an aromatherapist, but you can get the root at the health food store. You peel the root, you slice it up, you put it in your blender, you put it in your juice, you put it in your food, uh, any kind of thing like that, and it's going to be really good. It prevents the complications from diabetes. 
It's easy to find. It's very, very inexpensive and it's safe, right? Uh, fresh ginger pairs beautifully with another potent medicinal food, which is uh, garlic. All right, and you can put them both together. You can blend in a food processor. You can store in the freezer, and then when you need some, you've got it just right there already prepared. You can add it to soups. You can add it to salad dressings, marinades, smoothies, and vegetables. So ginger is the second herb that is very free and very good. Now, the third one might surprise you. It surprised me. We use dandelion. We use it a lot, uh, but we use it for liver issues. Did not know that we were getting the benefit if we are diabetic as well. So dandelion. Now we all know of you. You wait till the flower. It's a yellow flower, right? The flower kind of fades away, and then you blow it, and you know it flies out. Dandelion is really, really good for the liver. Dandelion grows everywhere. They're easy to find. It's a very inexpensive supplement, but it is really really good. So it says dandelion is used within ethnopharmacology and traditional folk medicines throughout the world, including Europe, Russia, India, and China. They have a rich source of micronutrients, minerals, and vitamins. So this is a very, very good plant. All right. Uh, dandelion is often consumed as a food. It is wild harvested and cultivated in many parts of the world. Currently, it is predominantly produced in Eastern European countries. All right. Uh, it is inexpensive. It's easy to find. Uh, it's rich in a variety of anti-diabetic properties and bioactive components. It is also abundant, easy to grow, and widely available and it has a wide variety of uses, all right? Balancing blood sugar levels for the prevention, prevention and treatment of type 2 diabetes, you have the bioactive components in the dandelion. Their components are very compelling, all right? A large review of the uh, physiological effects of dandelion has demonstrated a series of anti-diabetic effects, all right? It normalizes blood sugar. So if you have a tendency for your blood sugar to go too high or you have a tendency for it to go too low, dandelion will balance it, all right? This is due to the sequesterpines, the lactones, the chicoric acid, the phenols, and the phenolic acids and flavonoids. Now, we know, because you've been watching me for a long time, when I use this little scanner here, this little light is testing, picking up the bioflavonoids in your skin. Why is that? Because the bioflavonoids are the chemicals in your food that the body uses and turns into antioxidants. Okay, so we like that. The young leaves in spring, dandelion, are tasty in salads or you can cook them up as greens. The flowers of the late spring and summer are surprisingly fragrant and make a lovely tea or salad garnish. Yes, you can take the yellow leaves of a dandelion flower and you can put them in your salad and you can eat them and they're very, very good to help you balance your blood sugar. 
Dandelion roots are what most people use, okay? Dandelion roots, you've got to scrub them really well because what they grow under the ground and you don't want those microbes in your body. Uh, they are quite pleasing when they're roasted and they're commonly used in hot beverages. In fact, there is a hot beverage uh, dandelion tea. You may or may not know about that and people can use that as an alternative for the caffeine in their coffee, okay? So it's, it's non-caffeinated. Alternatively, the roots can be chopped and dried for use in herbal teas and tonics. They can be used in decoctions, boiled rather than steeped like tea to further extract the medicinal properties. Now, even though um, dandelions are very, very plentiful, if you treat your yard with pest, you know, pesticides and that kind of thing, because you don't want dandelions in your yard, we think of them as weeds. If you get the odd one sprouting up, you don't necessarily want to eat that one because you've sprayed it with pesticides. So you want to get your dandelions from a good, clean, organic source so that you can use those to balance. It says balance your blood sugar, and it said that you could um, reverse. reverse. So... That, that's a lot of information, and those herbs are cheap. Um, dandelion, cinnamon, ginger, very fragrant, very tasty. Like I said, they're not my specific, my favorites. However, if I had diabetes, if I had problems, I don't have insulin resistance. I, I'm looking at my blood work over here a while ago. I don't have insulin resistance, so I'm good on that. If that's something that pertains to you or someone in your family, you don't have to have a lot of it. You just have to have a little bit of it. But you can make a world of difference to what's happening in your body. And you may be able to absolutely reverse your diabetes. So look at, look at the research on that. Try adding that. If you are diabetic, try adding that at night particularly and see if your morning number is more in line because that's one of the things that I see a lot is that my evening number is not too bad. I'm eating well, but then I get spiked in the night. Try doing a little bit of the cinnamon at night and see if maybe that doesn't uh, spike you or maybe keeps you from being spiked in your blood sugar in the morning. My time is up. Thank you for joining me. Thank you for liking. Thank you for sharing. Thank you for commenting. I appreciate all that. Uh, I am here for you. I am here to help you. So if you need any resources from me regarding this, let me know. Uh, like I say, these herbs are very, very cheap. They're plentiful. They can be found everywhere. They're not specialty things and what a difference they make. So um, look at that research. It is the weekend. It is holidays. This is going to be the last Lunch and Learn that we have until 2023, but I'll be back then with a lot of new things for you. If there's something specifically you'd like to study or hear about, then let me know. Drop me a line in the comments. Send me an email. Send me a Facebook message, whatever it takes, and we'll try and get you that information that you need. In the meantime, whatever holiday you celebrate, whether it's Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, Christmas, whatever it is, have a blessed holiday season, and I will see you in the new year. Take care.